0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Rousseau here, joined by Rachel Green, NLC Austin 2017 fellow, our first NLC Austin guest on The Zag. Excited to hear what she's working on, excited for you to join us. Let's get to it. All right, Rachel, where exactly in the world are you today?
1: I am tuning in from sunny Austin, Texas.
0: And then how long have you been in Texas in general?
1: Uh, I actually, in July, it'll be three years for me. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, and I ran away from the cold a couple of years ago to Texas
0: <laughs> and then, as somebody who grew up in Houston, so I know Texas well, what were your biggest surprises about living in the Lone Star state?
1: Um well, I am always delighted when I go downtown and I look at our capital, um, which, you know, coming from Chicago, even though it's uh, heavily populated, we're not the central um, state. So, yeah, Austin is is pretty cool. Um, People who are familiar with Austin, know that they have this saying called keep Austin weird. So you're always running into crazy things, cool events, live music. Um, yeah, it's just a laid back town. It, it caught me off guard when I first got here coming from Chicago because it's pretty slow. But um, yeah, I'm loving it. I have no plans on moving back to Chicago.
0: And then would you say Austin is a progressive place in the city? As you get further away, it gets more conservative. How would you describe the dynamics these days?
1: It's definitely progressive. Um, There are a lot of people here that are passionate about um, an array of different causes, um, open to um, collaborating and just growing um, the community as a whole. So, yes, definitely progressive.
0: Nice. Well, I'm excited to have you on because you're a CEO and a founder and we like having CEOs and founders on the Zag podcast. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the companies that you started.
1: Okay, awesome. So I am the CEO of A Brand Called You, which is a public relations firm that specializes in digital brand marketing, social media management, of and of course, PR. I started that a little over nine years ago, and I've had the pleasure of working with a number of different entertainers and athletes, um, especially working in Chicago. Um, There were a lot of opportunities to do that. And then I'm also the founder of a newly launched subscription box service called Leadership Box. And Leadership Box is a quarterly subscription box service that's geared towards developing female leaders across the globe. In each box, our subscribers Receive a fashionable handbag, a developmental Guide that focuses on a different topic each quarter, a professional uh, development book that's authored by a female leader, and some other surprise items. But we also go beyond the actual subscription box where our subscribers have access to our online uh, community on Facebook, our workshops, our virtual book clubs, and um, our virtual conference calls. So it's a holistic approach to uh, building leaders and also gaining access to resources that are needed in order to influence leaderships among uh, females.
0: So a lot of questions about both, but let me start maybe with the leadership box question. So did you feel like there were pieces of this type of service that existed and you wanted to bring it together or you just saw sort of a totally empty market? What was the main starting point for it?
1: Yeah. So Leadership Box, um, it has been a a love child for me where um, I started doing research on this this particular uh, industry subscription box services about three years ago. Um, So a year before we even, uh, two years before we even launched, um, we were collecting a lot of data. And so it actually came about because Well, what I think that most entrepreneurs should do is to find something that can blend both your expertise and your passion into a viable and marketable business. So with my expertise in PR and marketing, I... Worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs, and what I found is that a lot of those female entrepreneurs, while they needed my expertise in PR and branding and such, um, they were actually looking for that community, they were looking for that next step and that next level, um, and a continued area in which they could, you know, gain knowledge and increase their own individual skill sets. And so, when I was looking at subscription box services and reading a lot of articles and seeing how they were developing um, year over year. I was like, you know, maybe this is an area that I should start paying attention to. So, again, doing some research um, and deciding that, you know, this would be a great way to leverage my connections, my resources and expertise um, to get that information to the masses right to their door. Um, I was just like, I got to do it.
0: (laughs) And then do you feel like you spend most of your time trying to put the boxes together in terms of the content or is it trying to find subscribers? How does most of your, uh, energies and, 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 thoughts get split?
1: Um, it really depends on, on the week. Um, we try and map out, um, the content in advance. Um, we work with, um, female powerhouse professionals across the globe to do our conference calls. So we have a lot of things that we're juggling. Um, so it just depends on the time of the month, the time of the quarter. But um, I take on the responsibility to create the content for our developmental guys. So I'm very hands on with that. Um, I use a lot of my um, previous networking and continued networking with female entrepreneurs um, to make sure that we're getting quality Um conference calls and resources. So it's an ongoing process. Um, This, this week, I've been doing a lot of traveling. So there's been um, more focus on our conferences. But next week, we're, we're digging deep into that developmental guide because we have another box coming out next month.
0: And then how has the product changed over time?
1: Um, So we have only been in existence for a little over a year. We announced on March 27th of 2017, and we um, took about nine months um, of that first year to do a lot of marketing. We went on tour and went to city states and actually showed our box um, so that we can prove that it was a viable product, that people would actually buy into it. So they were able to feel and touch the product, the, ber- the bags, the... um Flip through the pages of potential books that we might have included in the the box, and also gave them a, a sneak peek into um, some of the the powerhouse females that we would have coached some of the the classes. So um, that was the first part of that first year, and then so since then, um, because our box is quarterly, we've only sent out two boxes, and we've seen tremendous growth in our subscribers um, since day one. Um, So that has been a huge part of our growth. But we've also seen that when we go out and we interface and like do, uh, vending opportunities and tables that just talking to women, um, building that community, um, people are really excited about that component of the subscription box. Not only are they you know interested in getting a really cute bag and a nice, um, book that's going to, you know, give you some substance and give you some tools that you can learn and use in your everyday life. But they're really excited about, um, the quality of our subscribers and the quality of the women who are involved. Um, So that has really impacted the growth. Um, And then, of course, we've, you know, my background is in PR. So I'm really pushing, you know, to get uh, continued exposure around our efforts and what it is that we're doing. So we've been featured in a number of outlets um, since day one, including like Forbes and uh, Black Enterprise. So so things are, are going great. There's We're really excited about the project.
0: Yeah. I like it. Nice. Well, when we come back, I want to ask some more questions about PR and spreading the word about cool products and good causes. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up PR and marketing. because I feel like a lot of our fellows, whether they're in nonprofits or, or doing similar founding experiences or CEO experiences to yourself are always trying to figure out creative ways to get the word out about what they're trying to do. What are some of the mistakes you see people make and and what kind of advice do you find yourself giving most often to people to be more successful?
1: Something that I see a lot and one of the biggest tips that I give people is that oftentimes people rush into things. Um, I'm a big advocate for strategic planning. So it's, I'm a creative. And so I get it. You know, sometimes ideas pop into my head in the middle of the night and I'm jotting them down on a piece of paper and I'm like, oh, like this would be great for, you know, Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day is this weekend. So <laughs> strategically thinking through this process, it's not going to, you know, go pop probably, you know, as, as well as I would want it to. So just taking the time to, um, strategically map out a process, a PR strategy, um, marketing strategy, and making sure that you have all of the key players and stakeholders set up so that you can have a grand slam. Um, so that's, that's the biggest tip I give most people plan, plan in advance.
0: And then you, you mentioned before the break about uh, having some exposure in, in Forbes or other sort of larger pu- publications. Uh, what advice do you have for folks to try to get those kind of hits?
1: Um, well, a good rule of thumb is to make sure that you're again, prepared. So, um, make sure that your website is up to date. You have quality images that you can share, um, that you can send over in a, either access to a folder or, um, attach them directly into the email. Then you definitely want to make sure that you are targeting the right outlets, oftentimes clients will come to me and they're like, I want to be on Oprah's, you know, top <laughs> gifts for the year. Well, th- your product or your service may, might may, may not be a great fit for her outlet, but find that outlet that does fit, fit your audience. And then you also want to make sure that the outlets that you are reaching out to, that your audience actually reads that outlet or, you know, watches that show or listens to that iPod, I um, iPod cast. Um so yeah, it's just about, you know, planning it out, making sure that you have everything lined up, um, that when you reach out to the media outlet that you have something that's interesting, um, that's engaging. Look at current events and see how that can intertwine into your story. And um, yeah. So those are some and, good
0: And I feel we like get a lot of questions too about social media advertising, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or other ways. Do you have a philosophy, a preferred platform? What's your what's your stance on that?
1: I love Instagram. Um, and I know that they have changed their algorithms and things are always, you know, flip flopping on us, but it's a great way if you have a product to showcase that product. If you have a service and you're an expert, say for instance, you are also a PR professional, it's a great platform for you to share some of your tips there to highlight your thought leadership. If you're a speaker, do a quick 30 second mini video and share that. Um, But using Instagram or any social media, it's always important for you to be consistent. So selecting the platform where you have the most engagement, where you see most of your clients interacting, and just leverage that and continue to post. I I, I love it. It's a great way to make sales.
0: Yeah. And uh, some last questions here just about being a founder of a company in general and running a company. What is your approach to bringing people on board to work with you?
1: Um, well, that's a tricky one <laughs> because you definitely want to make sure that whoever joins your team, um, is going to be a cheerleader for your brand. Um, it's going to be supportive that is going to, um, alleviate some sort of, uh, stress or um, area that you're lacking in. And so I would just be very mindful on who you select to bring to your team and and thoughtful about that. Me personally, I've never had a full-time employee. Uh, I'm an advocate for um, working with Uh, interns and I I pay my interns often. Um, so it's not just like free work, but, um, you know, like working with people, um, on like contractual work, um, where, you know, if you're a small business, you know, that's a great way that you don't have to, um, manage, uh, an employee for a full cycle or full year. Um, but get the projects that you need to get done, done and, um, and move on. So yeah, just being mindful on, on who you bring to your team, make sure that they're filling a void, a need they're expert in their field and make sure that um, you have guidelines surrounding around the projects that they'll be working on.
0: Nice. And then last thing, give us one more plug for leadership box. How can people find it and how can they sign up?
1: I am so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those who are interested in checking out our leadership box, um, you can go over to shop. Leadershipbox.com And our summer box is actually up for subscribers right now.
0: Nice. And we'll put that link in the info of this episode of the Zag. And thanks for coming on, Rachel. And thanks for everyone for listening to this episode. You can find the rest of them in the iTunes store, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. We are now everywhere. Thanks for listening. More episodes coming soon. We'll catch you then.